With energy prices going through the roof, small changes to the way you flip on the switch can make a big difference. Hey, this is episode 745 of the Prepper Website Podcast, where I connect you with resources that will help you live a more self-reliant life so you can love your people, get prepared, and live free. Today's episode, how to reduce your electric bill. Small changes add up. Hey, I'm Todd Sepulveda, the editor of PrepperWebsite.com. This podcast is an audible version with some commentary of articles that have been posted on Prepper Website, a daily curation of preparedness information. These articles are some of the best of the best that have been recently posted on PrepperWebsite.com. All article links and show information can be found in the show notes. Hey, are you looking to up your preparedness knowledge? Don't spend time bouncing around the internet for the best preparedness content. Instead, sign up for the top 10 preparedness articles and get them right in your email. For $5 a month, you can get the top 10 articles from Prepper website sent to your email weekly. You can choose to read them or drop them in the Pocket app and have them read to you as you go about your day. The Buy Me a Coffee link to the top 10 are in the show notes. But even if you're not wanting to get the top 10, you should still visit my link and see what I'm doing over there. I'm using Buy Me a Coffee as my social media and connecting with listeners there. Hey everyone, and welcome back to another episode. Thanks so much for joining me. Hey, just a couple of things before we jump into this article. Uh, I want to apologize for not having some prep devotionals the last couple of weeks. Things have been kind of crazy, and it's just, you know, I, I know that I talked about it in one of the last prep devotionals where it was just kind of stressful that I wasn't doing a prep devotional. And so I was still feeling that. It's like, man, you know, I'm just so used to doing a prep devotional and releasing them on Wednesday mornings. But I just wasn't able to do it. it just, I, I just couldn't swing it uh, the last two weeks. And so even wanting to go all the way to Thursday and maybe, and maybe record something there and release it, just did not do it. But I'm hoping to get back to that this week. And so uh, hopefully you can uh, watch for a prep devotional that, that will drop on Wednesday morning. Hey, listen, I greatly appreciate it when you rate and review the podcast. I love seeing those come through. I see them on Apple Podcasts, but I also see them from other places as well. If you're listening on Amazon by any chance, I would greatly appreciate uh, a review over there uh, and, and f- a five-star review over there. That would be really, really cool to be able to see that over there. All right, so uh, let's go ahead and jump into this article. Uh, again, this is uh, I think this is an important deal right now because we're dealing with some of the very severe fuel costs. And, and when that happens all across the board, prices are going to be going up. I know that this was the topic of conversation with my my oldest son and uh, my daughter-in-law. We were talking about their electric bill and what it was like. And, you know, here in in Texas, and again, this was one of those conversations that we had back when we had the ice storm, you know, or freeze or whatever, Yuri, right? Winter storm Yuri, I guess. But Texas is not regulated in their electricity. And so some people will say that's part of the problem. But then other people will say, well, you know, it allows us to have lower cost as well. So, you know, I guess you kind of deal with it. You know, it's a little bit of give and take. But right now, because of fuel costs and everything going up, those low prices that we have experienced in the past are starting to go up. And so even locking in a rate, I've always talked about here in Texas, we can go to a website called powertochoose.org and you're able to find all the different uh, companies that are dealing in electricity and then you're able to lock in a good rate, which I mean, I always try to do that. 
but right now the rates are, are really high. And so uh, my son and, and my daughter-in-law were talking about, you know, how they were trying to conserve electricity. And, and really, I, I know a lot of people are probably in that same type of situation right now. So when this article came across on Prepper website, I thought it was a great opportunity to talk about this and maybe help some people out there, help uh, all of us really, to think about the electricity that we're using and also maybe make some changes that can save us some money in the overall monthly bill. So again, this is coming to us from my good friends over at commonsensehome.com. Uh, you have uh, listened to the podcast before when I've interviewed Lori Neverman over at Common Sense Home. This article was written by her husband, August Neverman. And so a lot of good stuff here. So let's go ahead and jump into this one. Again, the title of this article is How to Reduce Your Electric Bill, Small Changes Add Up. So let's go ahead and jump into this one. Energy costs are going up and many areas of the country face increased risk of power outages this summer. We'll help you reduce your electric bill and save energy without completely changing your lifestyle. There are tips for year-round and seasonal suggestions. Before you get started with changes that reduce energy consumption, Read your electric bill from the last year or so. Figure out if you use more power during different seasons or your load is similar year-round. If your load is always high, then it's not just the air conditioning or the heating. Compare your energy bill before and after you make changes. So what are some ways to reduce electricity use? The easiest and fastest way to reduce your electric bill is by turning off things when not in use. Whether it's lights, electronics, appliances, or anything else that requires electricity usage, turn it off if you don't need it. Sometimes flipping the off switch isn't enough. Why? Because of phantom loads. So phantom load is the electricity used by a device when it is, appears to be turned off. Phantom loads are also known as standby power or vampire loads. Here's some examples. Leaving a USB phone charger plugged in wastes electricity because it still draws power even when it's not charging a phone. Most smart TVs and other smart devices draw electricity when turned off because they are waiting for the signal to turn on or connecting to the internet for updates. All right, just a, a little observation here on those smart TVs. If you've ever, I mean, I've had a, one of those flat, well, I don't actually have a smart TV, but I have a flat panel TV. And when that sucker is on, it emits a lot of heat. And so if there's a lot of heat coming from it, you know there's a lot of energy usage being, uh, you know, going through going through that uh, television. So, uh, you know, that's one of those things that you, you kind of deal with all the, the cool new stuff, but it is going to eat up some energy, although there are power. And then uh, on the flip side of that, I mean, we can talk about, the newer types of like refrigerators and, and, and freezers and appliances, which use less energy, which those are good. Uh, we've talked about those, especially those who are you know trying to use like inverters and solar and, and different things like that to keep things going or battery powered when you when you experience a blackout or when you don't have power for whatever reason. So that's always uh, a good thing when you have those uh, energy efficient appliances. But, uh, you know, things do use electricity that those phantom loads are, are something to really think about. All right, moving forward. 
Unplugging makes a difference. If you're not sure if a device is drawing electricity when it should not be, just unplug it. If plugs are hard to reach or you want to unplug a group of items at one time, use a power strip. Turn the strip off or unplug it. If a power strip has a light on it, it still draws some power. And don't forget Wi-Fi networks. They draw power too. If you decide to unplug your computer or other electronics at night, make sure to allow time for needed software updates. Run updates just before shutting down for the night to keep security and software patches up to date. So energy efficient lighting options. And so replace incandescent or CFL fluorescent lights with LED lighting. LEDs or light emitting diodes use up to 82% less electricity than an incandescent bulb of the same lumens. They also last up to 25 times longer. All right, so I don't know about that 25 times longer thing. Uh, I know that I have had some light bulbs and I do believe that they, they lower the cost. However, they don't seem to last as long as they say they're gonna last. It's one of those things that kind of gets on my nerves. Anyway, moving on here. Use natural lighting wherever possible. Sunlight is free. If you are in a hot climate, install shades that reflect heat, but let the light in. Number three, clean and dust light bulbs and fixtures. Dusty light bulbs can reduce brightness or lumens by as much as 50%. Dust can also reduce the life of light bulbs, costing you more because you have to replace them more frequently. Another one is add dimmer switches so you only turn on as much light as needed. Note, dimmer switches can increase EMF level, so be careful if you are sensitive to EMFs. Number five, use a timer or motion sensor so a bathroom light or closet light goes off as soon as a person is not there anymore. Timers are great for bathroom vents too. Man, I think that's a great idea. That's one of those that, you know, you have kids, the bathroom light always seems to be on. You got to really train them like, hey, make sure you're turning off, you know, your, uh, you know, your, your bathroom light, make sure you, you turn on the vent for, you know, so when you need it, but then you got to go back and turn that off. And so uh, I like that idea of timers. Growing up, my godparents had a timer or really it was more of a motion sensor type thing in the kids restroom. And so I remember that was so cool going over to their house when I was a kid and walking into the restroom and the light would turn on and then walking out and then it would turn off a little bit later on. So I thought that was kind of cool. All right, number six is put exterior lights on a motion sensor instead of leaving them on all night or switch exterior yard lights to solar. Number seven, skip holiday lights, use LED lights, or switch to solar for holiday lights. Put them on a timer instead of running them all night. So what reduces your electric bill more? Everything adds up, but you'll quickly notice some things have a much bigger impact in reducing your electric bill than others. For example, a bathroom might have five incandescent 40-watt round bulbs that use 200 watts when on. If you switch to those five lights to seven watt LED light bulbs, your power usage drops from 200 watts to 35 watts per hour. If you spend one hour in the bathroom per day, this adds up to over 60 kilowatt hours or 60,000 watts an hour per year of energy saved. Guys, that's a lot of kilowatt hours. So USB chargers pull from 0.1 to 0.05 watts per hour with nothing plugged in. Over a year, this adds up to around 430 to 870 watt hours. 
They also create heat, which makes your air conditioning work harder. More chargers equal more electricity use and more heat. So if you have a household of five people and they all have their chargers and they all have them kind of, you know, they, they leave them plugged in so that they can just easily charge them. I mean, a lot of this is dealing with convenience and just going the extra little step to save a little bit of money. But, you know, a lot, all these begin to add up. So, you know, five people using charge phone chargers or whatever, uh, all that stuff begins to add up. All right, so if you plug chargers in only when in use, you can drop the load to around 100 to 200 watts an hour per, or one to 200 watt hours, sorry, per year, not not an hour, uh, watt hours per year. Okay, so this is a significant percent decrease, but saving 60,000 watt hours with new light bulbs will reduce your electric bill more than saving 600 watt hours by unplugging a charger. So again, a lot of sense right there. I think lights are going to be one of the big deals. Lights and, of course, using your your AC and uh, your heat if you are you know up north. But you know down here in Texas, it's all about air condition. Or down here in the south, it's all about air condition. And uh, it's just people almost can't live without it because it's just so crazy hot. But it makes a whole lot of sense to start going through and finding light bulbs. Uh, you know, wherever you can find them at good deals, start stocking up on those and switching out your lights as you can to uh, to save a little bit of money. All right. So this next thing that he mentions here, this next sentence uh, we've talked about before in the past, I've also shared out the link to Amazon on Prepper website where you can go pick it up. And I know a lot of you have purchased these before. It says you can get an electricity usage monitor like the kilowatt to identify big electric loads just plug in the device and read the numbers. So if that's something that you're not sure of or you're not sure of what kind of draw you're, you're getting from certain appliances, that would be a great resource to have at home. All right, another source of power usage is going to be in cooking. So those that have electric stoves, you're going to really, I mean, that's going to be part of your, your overall bill. It's going to add and increase that, but it also... The heating, and I know that I've, I've shared this before on the podcast, is talking to the kids about, or even the wife, about not turning on the, the oven in the hot part of the day, in the, in the heat of the day, because that's just going to release more heat into the house, causing the air condition to run even more. And so just being really smart about uh, all those different kinds of things. So this next section is called cooking tips that reduce your electric bill. So let's look at this one here. So cooking outside reduces your air conditioning load. If you use a solar cooker, you don't need to buy any fuel. If it's an option, consider a propane or natural gas stove, which are normally cheaper to operate than electric stoves. Match the pot or pan to the size of the burner on your stove. If the burner is bigger than the pot or pan, you will lose heat. Then cover a pot or pan to make the contents cook faster, which will use less energy. Thaw frozen foods completely in the fridge before cooking so you use less energy heating the frozen item. Number six, if making toast with a toaster oven, use a shorter toast cycle and let the toast sit in the toaster after it finishes. The heat trapped in the toaster will finish the browning, saving a small amount of energy. 
Again, some of you might be rolling your eyes and like, man, that is like really being cheap on the energy right there, like really saving every little uh, amount there. But some people will do that and some people will, will benefit from that. For, for some people, it's okay to go that extra little step. Again, all these small steps begin to add up and you might not think it's worth it, but some people do. So number seven is you can use the same trick with stovetop and oven cooking. Turn the stove off a little bit early and the residual heat will finish the cooking. Number eight, cook larger quantities at once and reheat. Generally, reheating uses less energy than cooking in the first place. Consider a pressure cooker like the Instapot. It can cook food in about one third the time of the oven or stovetop. Cooking with a gas or propane stove may still be cheaper than an electric pressure cooker, so compare the cost if you have a non-electric stove. And then I love this one here. Use insulated cookers like a Wonder Oven to slow cook foods with a minimal with minimal heat. I know that I've talked about the Wonder Oven before in the past uh, in, in different episodes. I believe I even linked to... Uh, to an article that would show how to to build one they're not very hard basically it's it's if you think of a uh almost like a bean bag but more like with cloth and i know i'm just trying to give you an example maybe you know a visual here uh bean bag with you know really soft bean bag and then it would go into a a box where you can basically maybe heat some rice or heat some water or heat some food up. And then you put it in this, uh, the wonder oven inside of this box and then kind of cover it up. And so it will continue to cook inside of there. And so it works really, really well. And, uh, something that can uh, really save you some, some, uh, energy costs there if you, if you need to. And not only that, it's just cool. Or if later on in the future, if you need to cook off grid or you're just using a fire, maybe you run out of fire, or you're trying to con- conserve fuel or wood or whatever it might be, this would be a great way to to cook there. Uh, I think you need a, a little bit of practice with it, but I think it would really work. Other other times that people have done something similar to this, if you've ever seen someone maybe cook like corn on the cob with uh, with an igloo. And so, you know, like an igloo or a, I'm talking ice chest basically is what I'm saying. Igloo is a brand, but <laughs> an ice chest where, you know, you throw your sodas and, and different things like that. Well, you can use it because it's insulated. It's going to keep things cold. It will also keep things hot. So I have seen people where they have thrown corn on the cob inside of a clean ice chest and they thrown hot water in there and then covered it up and let it sit for however long it needs to sit and it cooks the uh, the corn on the cob. And so that's an, uh, an easy way of cooking it there as well, especially if you're having to cook a whole lot of corn on the cob. I mean, it's one easy way to do that. So that, that would work kind of similar to the Wonder Oven uh, just by using an ice chest. All right, moving to another section uh, called refrigerators and freezers. And I know that I kind of talked a little bit about this at the beginning, but uh, let's go ahead and talk about this one here. A top opening chest freezer is far more efficient than a stand-up front opening freezer. The chest freezer gains far less heat when it is open and gives you roughly 20% more usable space. Number two, put foods you want to thaw in the fridge before you need the food. The frozen food will help keep the fridge cold while it thaws. Number three, only open the refrigerator or freezer or oven door only when you need something. 
Don't let the heat or the cold come out. I mean, if you have kids that just like to sit there, like look, you know, like open up the refrigerator door and they're just like staring in there, like hoping that something appears. And then you say so you have kids like they'll do that and then they'll go away and then they'll come back and they do it again. And like, wait, you think there's like a refrigerator genie, you know, that's going to automatically bring something that you want and just pop it in there from the last time you looked? So come on. I mean, you know, stop opening the door. That's one of the things I'm always telling the kids, like stop opening the freezer door, the refrigerator door, stop leaving it open, you know, close it, get what you need, close it. It saves a lot of electricity over time. And then lastly, number four says, let hot foods cool before you put them in the fridge. And I know that's something that my mom always told me and something that we always uh, tried to do before we do that. Adding that extra heated food to the refrigerator just adds that extra heat. All right, so this next section is called washing clothes and people. So let's go ahead and, and talk about this one here. Reduce hot water use with shorter showers or cold showers. Use cold water settings in your washing machine when possible. Every gallon of water not heated is a reduced electric bill or gas bill. Do full loads of laundry or dishes, not partial. The electricity cost is effectively the same if it is a half load versus a full load. And then dry clothes on a clothesline or drying rack instead of using a dryer especially an electric dryer. Replace an electric dryer with a natural gas or propane dryer. Electricity tends to be more expensive per BTU or watt. All right, so it's uh, if you can have one of those gas dryers, um, it would be a little bit cheaper. All right, so um, going on to the next section, this is where a lot of it is... Um, I, I think a lot of people here in Texas or in the South wind up spending a lot of le their electricity. This is on heating, ventilation, and cooling. All right, so uh, number one is get a programmable thermostat or smart thermostat for your HVAC system. Avoid heating or cooling your home or apartment when you are not home. Choose temperature settings that are closer to ambient temperatures outside. Number two, clear, clean, replace air filters as needed. And sometimes, you know, I buy a little bit better air filter than, than just your cheapest one. Uh, actually, I probably buy two two up. Uh, I don't buy the most expensive one, but, but I buy two up. Well, one of the things that I, I try to do is, and then it's like the three-month version, but I don't always go three months. But I, I do try to suck up the dust and remove the dust from the return air. So we, we don't have carpet. We have tile. And so there's a, all throughout the house. So there's a little bit more dust that accumulates. Um, the, at least that you see. And so I try to always do that and uh, just make it, make the air condition flow, you know, the airflow just a little bit more efficient. Uh, I know that uh, I've known people that have lost their units because they did not do that or they did not switch out their filters. And so the air condition was having to work overtime and it burned up. And so you definitely want to make sure you uh, take care of your investment for your, your air condition and you don't want to have to spend all that money, you know, what it, all that, you know, it costs so much. And then especially right now when there's shortages of parts and all that kind of stuff. But anyway, a little bit of maintenance goes a long way. So number three is seal leaky windows that let in cold in winter and let out the cool in summer. So if you have windows that are maybe not double pane 
And it's very expensive. Like if you look at, you know, if you have an older house and you have single pane windows and, and you can feel the heat or you can feel the cold coming through and you, you look into switching all those out, it can be kind of expensive. I remember in the, uh, the, the email group, I think it was a Zoom meeting, an online meetup that we were doing. Uh, we do those every other Tuesday, Tuesday nights. Someone, I mean, people that live up north were talking about how they seal their their windows. And uh, I mean, I guess up north they sell this plastic that you can just, I mean, you you buy it and it has sticky on one side and you just easily kind of put it over the window and it creates that, that, that air barrier there. And uh, I thought that was really cool. But I'm wondering, it's like maybe people need to be doing that for the air condition as well, because especially if you have... Uh, a single pane, you can, you know, you might be losing a lot of air condition or a lot of air, you know, cold air going out. So I think that that people might be doing that. I wonder how much money that would save. I've never done it before, but I wonder what that would save. It might not look as nice. You might not want to do it in all areas of your home, but you know, maybe in the bedrooms and stuff like that, uh, it might uh, save a lot for you there. All right, so uh, number four is clean cold air returns and vents. I already said that. Number five, make sure radiators, vents, returns, or baseboard heaters are not blocked by furniture, carpeting, or drapes. Again, you want your system to be able to have the flow of air just going uh, unimpeded. Number six, make sure vents are open or closed correctly for the time of year. I've heard different things on this one, and so maybe someone who uh, is an expert in this can, can let me know. Uh, I have heard people say, don't close your vents off to rooms that you don't want to heat or cool uh, because that flow of air still needs to needs to happen, right? And then I've heard other people say, yeah, why do you want to cool off a room that nobody is ever in? So uh, I don't know about that one specifically. I would love to hear from someone who might be an expert who would know um, if that could damage an AC uh, or you know, your HVAC unit. Or, you know, if there's any savings there or not. Uh, so, uh, yeah, feel free to email me at todd.sepulveda at prepperwebsite.com. Number seven is closed vents and doors to unused rooms. Again, uh, talking a little bit about that. All right, so let's go into cooling tips because this is the one that I think is uh, so needed right now where we are. Uh, even up north, I know that some of you are dealing with uh, extreme temperatures even up north. And so uh, let's talk a little bit about this. Number one is if nighttime temps are cooler than temps inside the house, open the house at night to cool down. Dropping the temperature at night as much as possible reduces the air conditioning load during the day. Okay, I got to tell you that never happens here uh, at all. Even at night, um, we're, we're still looking at uh, temperatures in the 80s. Uh, and so that's something that uh, would never happen, but I can uh, imagine that that happens up north for some of you. Number two, close up windows and close shades during daytime heat. Keep the cold in and heat out. Uh, it might be worth it to invest in some uh, some really thick curtains to be able to keep the AC in. Again, it would have that same effect as that plastic that would go around your your uh, your window there. Number three, add Energy Star approved ceiling fans to provide cooling breezes. I am a big believer in fans um, and just if you've never really experienced it or, or you don't have one or you're like, okay, now I'm just going to deal with my HVAC uh, unit, you know, put on a fan when you are 
you know, you, you've got your unit running and maybe you don't have to run it as hard or maybe, you know, you your tendency is to drop it down cooler. Turning on a fan can really decrease the temperature in a room. And uh, I think it's really one of those things that it's just a nice add-on and so finding uh you know a fan you know we have a couple of tower fans that we have you know my son has uh, my both of my kids have have them in their rooms but we have one in the living room as well when people come over and we'll turn down the ac but still a lot of people in the you know in the living room and maybe we're cooking you know we're having family over for dinner or whatever and we'll turn that on just to keep it a little bit colder and then also run the fan. We have a pretty big fan in the living room. I guess as big as you can get without getting crazy, crazy. Um, and I know that they sell some really big ones. But uh, for us, that was something that was important to us to kind of keep the living room nice and cool. So definitely fans, I think, add a lot to uh, to uh, cooling, cooling uh, a room. Now, you don't want to keep them on when you're not in the room. I don't think there's a big benefit there. I think there's a, a benefit to feeling it yourself, feeling that fan turning. And so I think it's really important to turn off the fans when you're not in the room to save on that electricity. All right, number four, get air conditioners or your AC checked regularly. I think that's smart. Number five, close chimney flute and or fresh air feed for any fireplace to avoid heat gain. Number six, for new construction or remodeling, consider overhangs for east, south, and west windows. All right, what about some heating tips? So, uh, I mean, right now in the summertime, we're not necessarily concerned about heating tips, but as we move into uh, the fall, into the winter, especially some of you up north, some people are listening to this in other parts of the world. You just hear some heating tips here. Uh, consider switching away from electric heating. Natural gas, propane, and or wood are usually more affordable. Number two, increase insulation in attic and walls if possible. In rural areas, add windbreak tree lines to reduce winter wind heat loss. Number four, get insulating blinds and close the blinds during the night and during dark, cold days to reduce heat loss. Drapes will help some as a less expensive alternative. For a storm, a blanket can be used to cover a window temporarily to reduce heat loss. Again, I remember the um, the plastic I was talking about. I mean, from what I understand, you can just go into a hardware store and, and find them there. Number five, get heating professionally checked at least annually. Uh, number six, add storm windows or wind window insulation, insulating clear sheets. And so I know people that have done that before, um, you know, you, Somebody on the on the email list was talking about just the protective uh, window tent that you can have. You know, if someone would try to break your window, but then also you have it for uh, heat loss as well, and also to as an insulation as well. Um, number seven, create an airlock so you don't open the house directly outside. Come inside through an attached garage or porch. Uh, and number eight, close the chimney flue and or fresh air feed to wood burning stoves when it's not in use. So this next section is going to talk about different types of fuel or gas, you know, electric heaters, natural gas, propane, solar. So let's go ahead and talk about this really quick. In most cases, propane or LPG, liquid petroleum gas or natural gas, NG, is cheaper for a house heater, stove, dryer, or water heater. You need to calculate cost BTU versus watts to make sure. Solar electricity is expensive, but it can pay off if you have enough sun, can get tax credits, and your utility will buy excess power. 
Remember, solar power only works when the sun is out and panels are clear of shade, ice, and snow. Most utilities only pay a fraction of what they charge you for electricity for the energy that you produce. For instance, we pay over 12 cents per kilowatt hour when we buy electricity, but the utility only pays us 3 cents per kilowatt hour when they buy our extra electricity. And so one of the things that was uh, added here was just a graphic of, uh, of uh, the account summary. I think that's uh, interesting to look at. And then about electric cars, right? Remember, if you have or plan to purchase an electric or hybrid vehicle, you will consume significantly more electricity. Off-peak electric pricing might be a good fit to reduce your electric bill because you can charge at night when rates are cheaper. And then reducing your electric bill when off-peak pricing. So I'm going to read this and then I want to come back and, and talk a little bit about this. Some power companies offer on-peak and off-peak pricing. They charge lower electric rates during certain night hours, but more during the day or peak hours. If you can time your usage carefully, this may reduce your electric bills. It also helps the utility to reduce their load during their heaviest draw times. Off-peak hours are typically 10 p.m. to 7 a.m., but you will need to confirm with your electric utility company for all the details. Not all locations or utility companies offer off-peak options. Okay, I know someone who, who tried to do this, and then they had like on the weekends you had you know free electricity or whatever, and it did not work out. They wound up uh, you know paying a lot more. It's like you know the idea seems to be nice and it seems like it would work. But it just didn't. Uh, it wasn't financial financially feasible for them. They were paying more than they than they used to pay when they just had regular electricity. So you really need to think about that if you're going to to use this something like that. And then also you want to make sure that you're managing it. Uh, you know, I can see where if you were by yourself, how you know you could probably manage that a whole lot better than if you had a whole family and they were you know using electricity at all times of uh, uh, of the day. All right, so uh, let's go ahead in this article here with tips for new homes or remodeling. If you were going through that or you were making any changes, some ways that maybe you can save some money here um, just by the way that you, you're making some changes. So uh, number one, put wall electrical outlets on a switch so you can turn off anything on the plug or even on the circuit. Number two, replace appliances and devices with high-efficiency versions. Many refrigerators, TVs, washers, dryers, and other electronic devices or motors are far more efficient. When buying, look for Energy Star labels. Number three, buy energy-efficient appliances. Look for the Energy Star label, which is a federal guarantee that things will use less energy. Energy Star clothes washers consume 25% less energy and 45% less water than conventional ones. Refrigerators, 9% less energy than the conventional. Okay, that's a lot less than I thought. Um, but I know that uh, there is a big change in, in the newer refrigerators versus the older ones as far as needing, you know, being able to power them when the grid is down. Number four, split electricity into, critical into a critical panel and a main panel. The critical panel should have heating, cooling, refrigerator, freezer, well pump, etc., the main panel can have all the other stuff that is not absolutely necessary. Number five, add a generator power feed ahead of time with a double pull double throw switch to the generator so you can power your critical panel. This way, if there is an extended power outage, you can get power to the most important things. So number four, that split uh, electricity you know, into a critical panel. So some people would say, for instance, if you were... Uh, 
if you were trying to cool, uh, you know, the H, you're trying to, to, to power the HVAC system is what I'm trying to say here with the generator. Um, you can't do that with just a regular generator here in, in, in Texas. That, that would not work. I don't know what it's like up north or whatever, but you have to have like a, a whole uh, home generator, you know, one of the Generacs or something like that to be able to do something like that. So I don't know if I wouldn't want my, my refrigerator, my freezer, my well pump on uh, on that critical panel. You know, I think I would want to separate the AC and then run everything else and be able to turn switches off, you know, having them labeled really well to where you can, you know, what you're turning off or rooms or, you know, all that kind of stuff. I think that would uh, probably be uh, a little bit more beneficial there, at least for me in my area, uh, if I was going to plug directly in, you know, my generator into, into the system like that. All right. A lot of good stuff here. A lot of great tips from, uh, from August over here at Common Sense Home. And so hopefully, now, you can take some of these ideas and start to use them. If not, just be a little bit more aware of all the the usage, you know, the, the and the fact that the power is just fuel prices are going up and that's going to affect everything. I mean, not only the electricity in our homes, but trucks getting to the grocery stores and, and, and stuff moving all over the place. And, um, you know, just prices are going to go up everywhere. Uh, you're feeling it already. You know that. And so when we can save a little bit of money, I think that's really, really smart. All right. So let me end with this. If you enjoy listening to podcasts, you will enjoy listening to audiobooks. I use Audible as my app and audio store of choice. If you don't have Audible, you can join for free for 30 days. You can enjoy listening to Audible originals, podcasts, sleep tracks, and audiobooks. If you are already an Amazon Prime member, you will get two free Audible books to keep, even if you don't keep the membership. To get more information, visit audiopreps.com. And if you go there, I've listed a few audiobooks there that I have listened to if you need some ideas or you want to check out some, some ideas. And, uh, you know, I've also listed some, some prepper fiction audiobooks that I've listened to and then other audiobooks that, I, that I've listened to uh, in the past. Again, that is audiopreps.com or click the link in the show notes. Well, everyone, that is it for episode 745. Hey, don't forget to subscribe to the show. Make sure you click the subscribe button in your favorite podcast app. And that way you never miss another episode of Sweet Prepper Goodness. And don't forget, if you're looking for more preparedness and self-reliant information, head on over to PrepperWebsite.com, where we link to 8 to 12 articles every day of the very best self-reliant articles out there. We also have pages dedicated to alternative news, firearms, DIY, Bible prophecy, frugal living, and homesteading. And lastly, don't forget to join the email list if you haven't. When you do, I'm going to send you a free PDF on 25 handpicked preparedness articles that you should read. And with that, choose to live a more self-reliant life. Choose not to be so dependent on the government grid or the grind. Until next time, live with no regrets and stay prepped and aware. Peace.